Hey, it's Pastor Ted Fabianic here from Faith Love Church in Melbourne, Australia. Welcome to our podcast. We pray that when you listen to this, you'll be inspired and blessed to reach the best things that God has for you. Amazing. Come on, let's give our production team an amazing hand. This is my best Christmas ever. Now it is, I'm serious. Because you're here. Jesus is here. And I have a word from God for you. You know, uh, because we are Christians, we celebrate Christmas differently. You can, you can be seated. Because we're Christians, we celebrate Christmas differently because... There's not one single day that will pass from now till eternity where you don't celebrate Christmas. See, Christmas, once we take Christ out of Christmas, you get something temporal. You can get a present. You can do so many things. But we're we're celebrating something eternal. Christmas is all about that God listens to you. So Christmas is about God listening. Christmas is about God answering prayer. And Christmas gives you the gift that never, ever dries up and it changes everything permanently. If you look at um, in the economy, the number one spending spree in the globe is Christmas. Because there's something about the soul that when it's given a present, it gets healing. There's something about giving. How, how many like t- having gifts? But how many like when you get a gift that you really, really, really needed? Most of us know, have you ever had one of those gifts that you rewrap and give to somebody else? Yeah, well, I've given a quite a few of those away. But see, when you understand a gift, when, when a gift comes to you, it has the ability to heal, to restore. It has the ability not just to rebuild, but to build better than what was ruined. So when we start to celebrate Christmas, it is something so personal that it's unexplainable. I've tried to explain to people, my neighbors, why I celebrate Christmas. And you get to a point where it's hard to explain because once you understand the message of Christmas, it's beyond thinking. That's why Paul said that the message that we preach, even if you can give God your wildest dream, it's still not there. So when we start talking about Christmas, right now, wherever you are, or those of us watching online, here and interstate and internationally, the message of Christmas changes everything. And what we want to do, just watch this, God's light brings the possible to the impossible. See, what Christmas does, it is a gift from God to your impossibility. So just as we start this morning, what is one situation, or you might have multiple situations in your life, that it is impossible. That means that to come to uh, 
a knowledge of what is impossible means that I have tried everything available to me and I am finished. So in other words, if you've tried everything financially, means that your bank account is zero. If you have tried self-effort, your emotions are tired, everything is there. So the word impossible comes to a point. It is a description of a person who has a need and has done everything possible for them. You've seen every doctor, you've seen every advisor, you've seen every lawyer, you've received every counselor, and you get to the point where you've got to settle the issue and you go, I'm done. I am absolutely done. I am spent. So when we start talking about a Christmas, the greatest gift that's available to you today is this, is that the gift of the possible has come to your impossible. You're allowed to smile. And if you've got a mask on, I still want you to smile. Just think, just watch this. That the Holy Spirit is attracted to your impossible. See, sometimes what we want to do is we want to hide our impossibilities. I want to hide this problem. I want to hide that problem. But one thing about God, when God sees a need, his focus is directly to meet that need. Now listen to what the scripture says. The word from heaven will come to us with a dazzling light to shine upon those who live in darkness. Near death's dark shadows, he will illuminate the path that leads to the way of peace. The word there, peace, is shalom. And the word peace touches the impossible and makes it possible. So when peace touches fear, there is freedom. When peace touches your body, there is healing. When peace touches your mind, you get to have a rest. You get the chatter that will stop. So what you find here, that the Bible says this, there's those living darkness. So watch this, that God is interested in every single part of your life. So God's interested in what you wear, where you live, how you eat, what you read, what you watch, your friends. God, there is not one area in your life where God says, well, that's up to you. That's up to you. I'm not interested in that. You know, I've heard people say that. God's not interested in that. God's only interested about you going to heaven. If God's only interested about you going to heaven, what in the world are you still doing here? So your impossible today ends. Listen to this. So um, God acts to change all conditions permanently. We got, see, Christmas is not just about one-off event and then you go back to normal. What, what I love about our street, uh, everybody puts lights on and all that. I mean, my neighbor, you need to wear sunglasses. I mean, his power bill must be through the roof. But everybody celebrates Christmas. What do you do after Christmas? You take all the lights down, you take the tree down, correct? 
If you don't, good for you. I'll come to your house. But because it, it ends and you go back to normal. But see, the gift that God gives you is permanent. So therefore, here's something about God. When God gives something, he never takes it back. God never takes back what he gives. Listen to the verse, uh, Luke 1.77 says this. And you will preach to these people are the revelation of salvation, the cancellation of all your sins to bring us back to God. And so the message is this. You will preach the people the revelation of salvation, the cancellation of all your sins to bring you back to God. So it says it's a revelation. So what's this? A revelation is something that no amount of education can bring you to. Revelation means this. It's out of reach in the position that you find yourself in. Revelation means that doesn't any amount of study will not do it. Counseling won't do it. Striving won't do it. All of these things won't do it. God says this, I want to give you a gift that's impossible for you to earn. I want to give you something that no amount of education. What I love about the word revelation, it makes us all on a level playing field. How many of you in your life have felt, was, I wish I was born in a better family? Do not put your hand up. You wish that you went to a better education. You wish you had this opportunity. You wish, you wish, you wish. I, I, I'm in that boat. I remember one time we were going, Christmas God, I wanted to um, lay my hands on this person um, in a hurry. We were just talking and we were talking all about the disadvantages we have in our family. And this guy, we're talking around a campfire, we were out surfing, goes this, goes, I don't know what you guys are talking about. He goes, I, I don't have a budget. Every time I ask my dad, he gives it to me. He, we had cars that we were praying over so that I can start. This guy had a brand new car. He had everything, right? And you kind of feel disadvantaged. Is this making any sense to someone? I know, so I, know you, I know I can tell it's in you, but you just don't want to admit it. But God says this. Is that when you understand revelation... You never, ever feel disadvantaged. So if you are feeling disadvantaged in any area of your life, you are not using the revelation that God has given you. That's deep. You should be clapping for that. Think about this. A lack represents the non-use of revelation. So here we got this. So he says, God says, you will preach this revelation of salvation, the cancellation of all your sins, and bring us back to God. Watch this now. When God removed the sin from the world, he removed the power of everything that is negative in the earth. Every sickness comes from sin. Lack comes from sin. Fear comes from sin. 
Depression comes from sin. Anxiety comes from sin. High blood pressure comes from sin. When God created Adam, he was perfect. None of the things that we are experiencing or have experienced were not, that were not normal to him. And God says this, that the revelation is this, that I have destroyed, I have come to destroy the source of everything that you are fighting. When you get, um, if, you, if you read a, a, what's his name, an aspirin um, box or tablet or whatever you have, there's a disclaimer on there and it says this, if the pain persists, see a doctor. The reason they do that is Panadol or an aspirin is not designed to destroy what's causing it, it's to destroy the effects of it. So when they say this, if you take an aspirin and the pain still persists, is that the thing that is causing the pain is still alive. So it's not, tempor it's, it's not a temporary thing, it's now become a permanent thing. So when God says this, that I will take away sins, he's saying this to you. That right now, the source that's causing your impossibility has been dealt with. What's really interesting is this, is when you become born again, you go into a brand new lineage. You go into the lineage of Abraham. And the lineage of Abraham is one of faith. But also, it's a one of impossibility. So God chooses to give his revelation to a man and a woman that, are that, uh, that she is barren, she cannot conceive. He comes and gives his revelation to a man that wasn't seeking after him. He had no knowledge. And God chooses... To give himself over to a man by the name of Abram and Sarai. It was impossible for Sarah to conceive. So he comes to a couple that are on the end of their retirement period. They're past the age of being productive. See, one of the things that I absolutely irks me is this thing about the older you get, the less speed you have. You need to retire. You need to do that. Get out of here. Did you, did you know that one of the things we've done is we've elevated the youth and we've gone, oh, once you get to a certain age. You know, I used to think that being 40 was really old. I used to go, man, when I hit 40, I want Jesus to come back before I hit 40. You know, because what we're thinking is that the man of years equals as the man of opportunities we've lost. And then you get to a period where you settle down there and you go, okay, I've stopped believing for this. I've stopped believing for this. I've stopped believing for that. He comes to a man and a woman that says... In your body, there's something impossible. So what does he do? 
He comes to Abram and he says this, when I come to you, Emmanuel, God with us. He goes, Abram, but when you decide to join yourself to me, your impossibility becomes your possibility. Wow. So if you are by yourself, you are in control of your impossibility. But when you join yourself with God, God says this, because you join yourself to me, I'll take care of your impossibility. So just right now, today can be the best day of your life because you give him your mortgage, you give him your finances, you give him your marriage, you give him your relationships, you give him your life. And God says this, when the impossibility is in your hand, you determine what happens. So many people are blaming God. They go, why does God allow that? Why does God allow that? Now you watch this. If something is within your control, you are responsible for. Correct? You can't say, I was driving my car and all of a sudden it went on the other side of the road. No, you did it. So what happens here is that understanding that we're in the lineage of Jesus. And he comes to Abraham and says, Abraham, I want you to become a start of something brand new that I am doing. I am going to have a family and my family is going to be known that the impossible becomes possible. I'm going to have a family that bucks the system. I'm going to have a family when everybody's decreasing, you're going to be increasing. I'm going to have a family that can look at every impossibility and smile. I'm going to have a family that oozes faith, that oozes, hey, we can do this. So you have this, this is your lineage. I want you to understand this really clearly. This is in your spiritual DNA that's in you right now. It's in you. The moment you become born again, God downloads this into you. And then all of a sudden now, the access point is not out there, it's in there. So when we get to starting Christmas, see, Christmas starts exactly the same way. There was a, in Luke chapter 1, there was a man by the name of Zechariah. He was a high priest. His wife was Elizabeth. They had an issue. They had an impossibility. She could not fall pregnant. And uh, what's really interesting when you read Luke 1, if you want to read it, especially you can read it in a, in a new translation as in the Message Bible or the Passion Translation. But he says this, her name was Elizabeth, but the people around her changed her name. They called her the barren one. Do you realize that your impossibility, either you have labeled or somebody else has labeled it for you? So Zechariah was known as the priest who had a wife and she was called barren. 
Um, you can have really good nicknames, but then you've got nicknames that you really hate. Can, can you just imagine with me that every time somebody looked at you, the first thought that came to the mind, you're unproductive. So let me just ask you a question right here, right now. What area in your life are you unproductive? Could it be your finances? Could it be your relationships? You know, you deal with people that have... I've, I've dealt with people that have gone through more than five to, five to... I think this guy that I had to counsel went through seven divorces. He was barren. He could not hold down a relationship. So, so wherever you are, what area are you unproductive? So, they, they, so, so she's labeled... But what I love about Zechariah and Elizabeth, they stayed the course. They just kept on believing, believing, believing. And Zechariah's turn was to go into the temple to burn incense. And incense means worship. So Zechariah, because he, he's, he's a high priest and they have a roster system that on certain days that he can come and burn incense. Now, Zechariah is old. She's called barren. Their bodies have gone beyond the time where their bodies can produce. So what does that mean for you? You might, have, you might be in an area right now where you've lost opportunities, where you're past having opportunities. Where this is past me. This is past me. This is past me. I'm too old. I'm uneducated. He gets beyond that. But you know what? They stayed the course. They stayed in the house. You know, I find people that are struggling, the first thing they want to do is leave the house. Leave the place of his presence. So Zechariah, he goes in to the temple. And it, while he's burning incense... An angel comes to him and says, Zechariah, I've heard your prayer. This is what I feel God telling me to tell you this morning. That he has heard your prayer in the place where you feel barren. He's heard you when you pulled the car over and you wept. He's heard you when you woke up in the middle of the night with a panic attack. He's heard you where everything on the inside of you says, I want to give up. He's heard you when you said, God, help me. And God, and the angel comes to him in Zechariah. The Possible has come to your impossibility. Now, ever listen to this? He comes in and he says this in um, 118 of Luke. Zechariah asked the angel, How do you expect me to believe this? I am old and my wife is too old to give me a child. What sign? Can you give me to prove that this will happen? I want you to get this. Here we have a guy that's accepted his impossibility. 
But let me just tell you, because you're in the family, God never, ever, ever accepts your impossibility. Church, dads, mums, never, ever accept the impossibility that somebody's put on your child. Never accept the possibility. He's, he's this man of God, and while he's worshiping, the presence meets the need. See, while you were worshiping this morning, God was speaking to your spirit. See, God is speaking to Zechariah, and he goes, how do you expect me to believe this? How do you expect me to believe when everybody else can't see it? How do you expect me to believe? Because I am labeled. I walk down the street, they all know me. How do you expect me to believe? Zechariah, what's, what's talking here? This is the voice of your impossibility. How do you expect me to get over this? How do you expect me to get over this loss? And then watch this. And he goes, how will you believe this? Because I'm giving you Christmas. I'm giving you a savior. He says, what you thought was going to be an impossibility is going to be a part of the greatest event in history. His impossibility changed your world. Zechariah, Elizabeth, Jesus came and he took the label off her and he says, you are no longer barren. I am going to give you a son, but I'm not going to give you something ordinary. See, her impossibility gave birth to one of the greatest prophets in the universe. Your disability can change somebody else's life when it changes. See, one of the things that we need to accept in our lives, that whatever God does for you is not just for you, but it has an overflow on somebody else's life. When you get a breakthrough, somebody else will get a breakthrough. Get, now, listen to it. Now, I want you to do this. I want to show you the voice of Zechariah's impossibility speaking that was made possible. Have a look at this. The revelation of salvation is the removal of human effort. When we start talking about the revelation of salvation, it is the removal of human effort. Look at Romans 11.6. And since it is by God's grace, it can't be a matter of their good works. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a gift of grace, but earned by human effort. I want you to watch this. You need to relax today. You need to, you need to stop. Your human effort cannot change the impossibility. Have you ever wondered why Jesus stood in the midst of the crowd and he says, come on, come on to me, all you who are 
heavy and weary? The church is full of weary people. And now I'm not talking physically. Let me just give you a definition of weariness. You go to bed tired, you sleep 10 hours a day, and you're still weary. You go to the gym, you go to the upper class, your body is fit, but you are weary on the inside. And the revelation is this, it's the removal of human effort. The gift that comes to you at Christmas is to remove all of your effort. You can't change the impossible with human effort. It becomes by revelation. And since it is by God's grace, it can't be a matter of their good works. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a gift of grace, but earned by human effort. Now watch this. The way we cancel out the grace of God in our lives is trying to help God do it. Uh, uh, can I talk to you as a husband? <laughs> when I want something, I start hinting. <laughs> so if, if I need another watch and my birthday's coming up, do you know what I do? I'll, I'll take silver shopping. I hardly ever do that. <laughs> I... I to, to me, you know, oh, Sylvia's taking me shopping, Christmas shopping. Oh, I needed grace. I said, Jesus, you've got to help me. But so I go, hey, hey, honey, have a look at that watch. That's nice, hey. Uh, oh, you know, we're, we're sitting there together and I'll, and I'll Google watches. Hey, check this out, honey. Hey. You know, when I wanted a Mont Blanc pen, I would go, hey, hey, Saul, writes better than any other pen. I, I can see me writing the first $1 million check for the church. You know, so I start hinting. What, you know what I'm doing? I prayed for my watch. I want, when I, see, when I want something, I pray for it. If you want another car, start praying. Don't start hinting to your boss. So, so, all, so I prayed for it, and I didn't think God was uh, working fast enough. Come on. God, you're taking too long. When will she wake up? When will my kids wake up that I want this watch? Well, I'm going to help him. I'll SMS my kids with a watch symbol. Love you. Watch, 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 watch. But see, what we do, the moment you try to help God out in human effort, you cancel the gift. The moment you start worshipping to get something, you cancel the gift. Come on. Now, I want you to just, just... When you cancel the gift, is that you have started to mix in with this. Now, so now, how, how, do, we, how, how, do, we, how do we receive? See, the same thing is now, watch this. Abraham... Baron, God comes and meets him. Zechariah and Elizabeth, Baron, God meets him. So then, I want you to do this. This Christmas is really, really, really strange. 
Christmas is about something that has never, ever happened before. There's a young woman. She's engaged to be married. So she's still single. She's at home. And an angel of the Lord comes to her. And he says this. You are favored. You are favored. You know what's, what I love about that? Is that you can't read anything that Mary done that she found favor with God with. It, it, you don't, they don't, we're not taught that she had this amazing prayer life. We're not taught is, Mary, arise. You get up at 3 o'clock in the morning and you pray till 5. And at 5, you worship and sing till 7. From 7 to night, to 9, you go helping clean other people's houses. From 10 to 11, you go out and feed the poor. From 11 till 12, you stand on street corners handing out Bibles. From 12 to 1, you have a break because you're really tired. And then from 1 to 2, you write letters to the people that are lonely. From 2 to 3, you go mow people's lawns. From 3 to 4, you go milking and then giving, making cheese and giving it to people. And by 4, you're so tired, you go and have a rest. See, one of the things that Christmas teaches you is this, is that you never earn a gift. A gift is given on the merits of the person giving it, not on the merits of the person receiving it. Would you like me to repeat that? No. A gift is not given on the merits or the goodness of the person receiving it. It's given on the merits of the one giving it. So he comes to Mary, and he pronounces a blessing, a favor on her. Mary, you are blessed. People go, but I haven't done anything. See, the problem with Christianity is this, is we've been taught that we've got to earn things instead of accepting them. The reason you're favored is because God said so. The reason you're loved because God said so. Now listen to this. So, so he comes to Mary, and he says, Mary... You're going to get pregnant. And she goes, no. I go to Faith Life Church. AJ is my youth pastor. AJ's told me you can't do stuff like that. And I believe AJ. And Regina. Regina's pregnant, but she's married. It's okay. <laughs> Listen, he tells her a promise that she can't look back on and say, somebody's had it, somebody else has had it, somebody else has had it, somebody else has had it. He goes to Mary, I'm going to do something so unique with you that you can't look back and have an example. Would you like to have such an amazing miracle that you're the first one on this globe to experience it? No? You're looking covid one of the things that COVID's done is taken people's smiles away. Because you figured out, I, I smile a lot, and I realized when I had a mask on, no one knew I was smiling. <laughs> so he goes to Mary, and Mary does the same objection. He goes, well, how, how can I get pregnant? And he says this, you're going to be overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. Watch this. 
What Christmas has done, it's brought the power of the Holy Spirit working in your situation. All of a sudden, says Mary, you don't need any sexual activity. You don't need any emotional activity. All you need to do is listen to what I'm saying to you. It says, Mary, the Holy Spirit is going to overshadow you. A baby is going to come into your womb, but it's going to be sinless. I'm giving you a gift, and his name is going to be Emmanuel, God with us. Now, let me just put a pause here. Where we celebrate Christmas differently from everybody else is not on, the, not on because we have trees or whatever. It's this point. God, through Jesus, didn't come to serve, but he came to serve us. Sorry, he didn't come to be served. So listen to this. God, Jesus didn't come here. I'm here for you to give me presents. I'm here for you to give me worship. I'm here for you to do work for me. See, where Christmas is different, it is where God gives us presents, we don't give him a present. And he goes, that's what my name is, Emmanuel. You see, that people of those days totally understood the word Emmanuel. You know why? Because every other God came with instructions of how you can serve him. If you look at every God when this was written, every other God had a list of you need to do this, 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 this for me. I'm do this, do this, this. And Jesus says, I've got to totally turn it around. I am going to serve you. So he says to Mary, Mary, I am doing this for you. And then something incredible happened. The angel did not leave her until she responded. Now, what you, you take this into your spirit. God doesn't come to you and says, hey, I really want to bless you. Oh, you're not listening. I'm going to go away. See, God doesn't come to you and pick you out and say, you know what? You've got five minutes to make a decision. Have you ever, have you ever been pressured by a salesperson to buy? If you do not buy this in the next 30 seconds, it will disappear from the face of the earth. If you don't buy this now, you, your nose will grow. If you don't buy this now, every, your car will rust before you get to it. If you don't buy this now, your wife will leave you, your kids will leave you, everybody will leave you. See, one of the things... You've got to see what God does is this. Is God comes to you and never leaves you. He's, God's like one of those passengers. Have you ever had somebody in the car that you want to pull over outside of the road, open the door and get them out? Have you ever had anybody in your car that speaks too much so you turn the volume up? But see, God sends her a message. And then he waits until she responds. Now listen to this. It's a revelation of grace. Because the word says, not one promise from God is empty of power. 
Nothing is impossible with God. The word of God will never fail. This is what the angel was waiting for her to respond to. He goes, no one promise from God is empty of power. Nothing is impossible with God. He goes, Mary, I've come to you with this gift. I'm giving it to you. I'm holding my hand out to you, and I'm not going to retract it. So the angel of the Lord is sitting there with a gift that meets the impossible, meets the possible. And listen to this in chapter in verse 38. And Mary responded. Now just, just pause there for a moment. See, you've prayed. God has answered. But there needs to be the third part. Now watch this very carefully. Part one. God, I have a need. God, I need you to meet my need. God meets the God comes to you with the answer, but it's not complete. It needs a response. This morning, you need to respond. Listen to this. And Mary responded. As long as you don't respond, your impossibility cannot be changed. As long as you hold on to something, as long as you stay silent, Stay inactive. And Mary responded saying, yes, I will be the mother of the Lord. Now, how amazing is that? Can you imagine somebody, after this, she walks down the street. Hey, guess who I'm going to, guess who, guess who my son is? I'm going to mother Jesus. <laughs> You're mothering a little snotty of those kids. I'm going to mother God. So she, goes, she, she accepts something to the natural mind, which is impossible, as his servant. Listen to this. I accept whatever he has for me. May everything you have told me come to pass. And then the angel left her. I want you to see this. The angel came with an assignment. And he didn't finish the assignment until she accepted. This is what the Lord told me this morning. That God's waiting on you. We're going to close in prayer at the moment, in the moment. But God's waiting on you. We have dwelt long enough saying, I'm waiting on God. God's waiting on you. See, the angel came with an assignment. And he says, Mary, here, take it, take it. And he stretched out his hand. And there was no retrieval of the hand until Mary took what was in the hand. Mary responded. My prayer for you today is, respond. 
I am loved. I am righteous. I am forgiven. It's time for us as individual to respond. We have lived far enough is looking at the gifts. We've lived too long by singing about the gifts. But now it's respond. Will you accept God's favor today? Come on. Will you accept it? See, it is no longer in heaven. It's in here. It's in there. And God says, all you've got to do is respond. Respond. I respond to finance. I respond to healing. I respond to deliverance. See, what we need to do is have, this is what Christmas is all about. It is about you and I responding. Responding. I'll I'll show you this. Even within your own human heart, every time you give a present, what do you wait for? A response. When I give my kids a present, I'm waiting for a response. And so what it is right now, it's time for you to respond. I'm, I'm, you know, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you need to respond. See, Jesus, get, 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 a, get a load of this. Let me just prove it to you, and then we're going to finish. When Jesus was on the cross, which is really the Christmas story, that he died for you. That the answer to prayer was to Jesus to die. So what does God do? He puts Jesus on the cross. Here's a Christmas story that you're going to love. Christmas is about that God became like us so that we can become like him. So on the cross, Jesus becomes my sin. He becomes my sickness. He becomes my lack. He becomes my depression. He becomes my anxiety. He becomes my fear. And what does he do? He pays for the price of freedom. So now the gift is perfect. The only thing that is missing is your response. You see, right now, you don't have to say, Jesus, will you forgive me? God says, I've already done it. Jesus, will you heal me? I've already done it. Jesus, will you please provide? God says, I've already done it. What's lacking is your response. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, all you have to do is respond. Let's pray. Father, I come to you right now in Jesus' name. Right now as we are about to pray, I want you now just to go, okay, from today. Today my impossibility meets God's possibility and it has changed. Today marks the end of every impossibility in my life. So Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, Father, I just, we just come to you now and we say yes to everything that you have done. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I respond. I respond to your love. I respond to your healing. I respond to everything that you have for me. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Come, let's give God a hand. For those watching online and even if you're here, 
If you've responded to receiving Jesus as your Savior, we'd love to know about it. And all you do is just say, Jesus, come into my heart. And he's going to do that. And there will be a link underneath me right now as you're watching it online that uh, you can respond to him. We want to give you a gift. If you've done it here this morning, we'd love to meet you, give you a gift. And you know, just as we come to, for me to finish, I want to thank you as a church, Faith Life Church, for what you've done this year. I want to thank you. Uh, Because of who you are and what you do, we've touched nations, we've touched people. And I also just really want for us to give a big hand. Hey, how do you, isn't this amazing? Hey. The, The team came here on Tuesday and there was nothing here and I came in right now and I'm going, it's a miracle. Yeah, it's a miracle that that people worked. That was great. So look, I just really want to thank you for all your effort for the worship team. Hey, how good were they? So from... From Pastor Silva and myself, I just really want to thank you. Have a great Christmas. Don't forget to watch us online. I have a word for the following year. You're going to love it. And I look forward to having us live in our first anointing service in 2020. But God bless you and thank you.